Praise God. It's good to see all of you here. If you have your Bible, let's hold it up and let's make our confession. The Word of God, word of God is, truth. is truth. If I live the Word, I, the word. I, will, be I will be blessed. And if I don't, if I, don't I, won't. I won't. It's just that simple. We thank God for all of you. You can be seated. I thank God for our worship team and all that Brad and Jennifer are involved with this here and for Dan, Pastor Dan's message Sunday. And as you know, Pam and I were in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the uh, installation. I don't know what we did, actually did call that. What was that service called? Transition. Yeah, the transition for Pastor Paul. <laughs> and uh, Pastor Sharon's not going anywhere at Victory Christian Center in Tulsa. She is still involved as the founding pastor. Uh, and Pastor Paul will now be the lead pastor there. And it was really a precious time and a tremendous anointed service that evening. The presence of the Lord makes things wonderful, doesn't it? Yeah. You can just feel it, the presence of God settle in, and it was a wonderful time. And I believe that, uh, of course, uh, now Pastor Bill and I have a very young pastor, Pastor Paul, who just turned 29 today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh -huh. But, um, you know, being as we were there when he was being born... <laughs> Seems, seems kind of funny, but he's a very humble young man, uh, very submitted really to uh, the leadership and the people that are there to help him. And I know he's going to be just a wonderful pastor in that church. And uh, how many of you know it's best to be in the position God's called you to be, whatever that is, because in the position God calls you to, there's something called the anointing. And the anointing is what destroys the yoke and lifts every burden. It's not people. It's not a person. It's the anointing of God that settles and brings that uh, relief. And whatever people need, it is there. And I would say that night in the house, so to speak, there were about 3,800 people there. The, the place was completely packed. And uh, so it was uh, people saying, yes, we're, we're in this. And uh, God's going to be really glorified, I believe. I think uh, uh, several things that Pastor Billy Joe shared on before he went home and transitioned to be with the Lord is that in the transitioning that takes place, we need the young and the old. Sometimes you feel like, well, we don't need the old anymore, although I don't know what old is defined as, but I think I qualify. Uh, no, no, and, no, we don't. And, no, this is, this is kind well, of middle well. age now. <laughs> <laughs> she said that because she's close to me. Yeah. It was ways. old with my parents. It's not old with us. Yeah. But, but you, you, need, you need the mixture of the young. You need and the mixture the, of the old. And uh, Sharon really did a great job sharing on that, mm -hmm. about how the young have unlimited energy, and they're just there, and, and that we need the young people to come to the forefront, and we do all over in the, in the church. And, but th that doesn't mean we don't need the old people to get rid of all of them, because we need the wisdom of God, the things that not necessarily we've learned the right way, but we've learned. How many of you realize you can learn the right way or you can learn the wrong way, but either way, you're going to learn. If, Hopefully. If, and I say this a lot in this church, and I don't say it to be funny, but it always comes across that way. If you learn from all of your mistakes, most of us should be pretty intelligent by now. And the older you live, or the longer you live, the more you actually learn and understand that that way didn't work. It sounded yeah. right in the beginning. I've never known anyone who got up and said, I'm going to make a bunch of mistakes today. Yeah. Every time we do something, we think we're doing the right thing. It's only after the fact that we find 
find out that, you know, that was not the smartest thing I've ever done. Yeah, my dad called me one day, and uh, he's, of course, he's 93, but this was just probably a month or two ago. Hey, you're not in the paper. I said, huh? He said, the newspaper, I'm looking on this page. Now, he barely can get the paper up there to see it, but he still thinks he's in charge here uh, in this church. And so he's calling me up to tell me, you better get back in the newspaper. Everybody should be in the newspaper. Now, Daddy has no idea about computers and reading paper online, but he saw there were only a few people in there, and one of them had a big ad. He said, where is ours? (laughs) You know, uh, some people think you can just throw out that that kind of wisdom but there is wisdom many times my dad has rescued us in this church and in over the years being on the finance committee and telling us that isn't going to work you know and so I thank God for people that are in that position some of his wisdom used to be I can't tell you why that's not the right thing to do but that is not the right thing to do (laughs) and and be like and we think it through and pray it through and it's like that is really good John (laughs) that is really good you know do you want to share anything we prayed for your dad earlier but we really just need to continue to pray uh, as far as how many tests are going to be run and what else it's 93 go to heaven when you're done being healthy that's my take on this. Because, you know, uh, when people can't be who they want to be, the frustration of that is so demeaning. And, uh, you know, Daddy, uh, his language has changed a little he, since he's gotten to be this age when he gets frustrated. And, uh, and they say that happens when people get to be that age and they can't, they can't communicate what they're trying to communicate. But... Um, you know, he thanks everybody for helping him. But he's at a place now where heaven would be the better option. How many of you know there is a place like that? He's lived 93 years. He's lived 93 wonderful years. He still is thinks he's the boss. And my mother still today said, well, we're going to have to talk to your father before we make this decision. I said, mother, daddy can't do that. But she's still waiting on him to be awake enough to do that. So you could be praying for us as we have to make decisions these next few weeks for him. But they have been together how many years? Uh, they, they, As boyfriend and girlfriend? They, were, they met. They got bicycles for Christmas one year when they were 12 and 14. And they met in the spring when they were riding their bikes, and they've been together ever since. Never had another boyfriend or girlfriend, just the two of them. So it's about 80 years. Yeah. They've been married 72 Eight? Yeah, 80 Uh years. And, uh, you know, my mother doesn't let anybody do anything for my dad unless she knows what they're even, you know, she get right up in the middle of it real fast, (laughs) including us girls. That doesn't matter. (laughs) If you were a doctor or a nurse in that room, you probably would go home and tell your husband that lady is a trip. John chapter 16, verse 33, and this is the overview of the message. We don't have to go through every scripture, honey, but what the, the word that came to me for this evening was that we are to be a positive person in a negative world, and that the world is becoming more and more negative. And that as we watch the news, as we see the reports of, of the darkness that is sweeping the world, 
we can get our focus on everything that's going wrong, and we can start to become very negative. But we have the answer to the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've got the answer for the world. And, and we can't become so focused on the negative aspect of what is happening that we lose the positive aspect that we have the answer and that Jesus is the answer. And uh, there's a, a well, if, if you call my voicemail or call my cell phone, um, you're going to get my voicemail because I never answer my phone. That's but that's right. okay. I will call you back. But, but you'll hear the very last part. Jesus is the answer. Whatever you need, Jesus is the answer. We have the answer to the world. Now, most of the world doesn't want to hear what we have as far as the answer because they're lost, but yet we still have to shine that light everywhere that we go. And I know even myself sometimes I can get so wrapped up in, in watching the things on Fox News and other networks. Uh, I'm reading a book right now by rereading. Actually, I read it two or three times, and I, I try to read it because it, it's so prophetic in nature. It's by John Hagee, and, and Can America Survive? Can America actually survive? And then you look at everything that has gone on over the years with situations and circumstances with our finances, with uh, abortion, with, with the, the diversity of lifestyles that God is looking and watching. And, and this happened the other day, and this is what I felt in my spirit. I have nothing against either mayor in Lafayette, Indiana. I think they're both good men. I really do. But I saw an article in the paper on the uh, uh, outfest uh, that's coming very, very shortly where the gay, lesbian, transvestite, I don't know that I have it all right. Uh, and I have no problem with any people that are involved in that lifestyle. I love them. I wish they would all come to our church and find Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But sin is still sin. And when I saw the two mayors basically condoning the outfest operation and the activities and all, and, and with their arms around this lady, and I'm sure she's a very lovely lady. I'd love to have lunch with her sometime and talk to her about the things of God. But, but when I saw this, what came to me is that be careful as you pray for these people because if they start to infect the children... They're going to get God's attention. Because when you read about Jesus, and he said, don't you mess with those children. And we are now trying to indoctrinate our children into lifestyles and situations that are anti-Christ, they're anti-Bible, and God is eventually going to weigh in. And as I was reading this book about can America survive uh, with all that we're going through and all, I thought this would be a good message for me to listen to tonight. Because turn to your neighbor and say, we're to be a, a positive person. We're to be a positive person. And I believe with all my heart that God still wants to use America, but America will not be used by God if America doesn't turn with some of the things that we're doing. And you know, America is really the people who live in it. That's who America is. Uh, America is, you know, a nation, but the nation is made up of the people of that nation. We the people is in our constitution. We the people. And so um, I want to read you a scripture. It says, and nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. I believe this is the hour for the church to arise. Yeah. Uh, we sang that song when we were in Tulsa last Sunday night. Uh, Let the church arise. 
uh, out of the ashes is what it talks about. And John, Jonathan Stockstill, John, he was the he wrote the song, I guess, and he sang it that night. They all sang it, and it was so powerful that. But the scripture says that when the church arises, Isaiah sixty is what I'm reading from. Isaiah 60, that's verse 3. It says, Arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And when that happens, there is no demon in hell that can hold people in captivity. I'm just telling you, light dispels darkness. And so I believe when the church rises up in that light, that darkness will bow. But if we don't rise up, then darkness will control the situation. And I, I, before we share this message, I, I think we all need to keep in mind, it says in 1 John 5, uh, verse 4, whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, I win. I win. And what does that mean? It means we're victorious over evil. The evil that is in the world, uh, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I think the greatest tragedy of all is when people condone sin because they hold them in captivity. And the enemy has their life and they cannot get out because people say it's okay. And that's what makes people guilty before God is they're allowing people to remain in a position where the Lord has the power to set them free. How many of you know God has power to set people free? Any sin that people are involved in, God can liberate them. But if people tell them it's okay, they will never look for liberation. They'll look for acceptance. And that is allowing sin to destroy their life. And that's what's so sad. And you you love the people, but if the people don't know, then the people won't flee. And the Bible says flee evil. And so I believe we're living in a day where if the church looks like the church, the devil will be exposed for who he is. If the church doesn't rise and be that church of light, then the world is not going to see they're in darkness. Does that make sense? And so we have an opportunity to show the world the truth, the love of God, but also the light, the truth. Praise God. That's a good word, honey. When Jesus walked on this earth, he was a bright light with Roman occupation, with a darkness in the area of the Holy Land, but yet he did not compromise what he knew was his mission on this earth. And no matter how dark it gets in the world, in this nation, we are a light to this world, and our light will not be put out. And someday we will give an accountability of our life. So don't become negative, be positive. So turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a positive person. I'm a positive person. How do you know whether or not you're a positive person or a negative person? How many of you know some negative people that are just, they lighten the room when they leave? Uh, the, you know, we should be the people that walk into the room and people say there's something different about you and they want what you have. And what happens in is that we get to the point when we understand what the Word of God says. Things are going to get worse than they are today because Jesus said so. But our light will become Brighter. brighter. So when things get worse, don't get negative with them. Don't be, oh, woe is me. Paul said in Philippians, we'll go there in a minute, but he said to be content in all things. How many of you realize there are some things going on in the world today? It's very hard to be content with. But what he's talking about is don't let it affect you and who you are on this earth. Don't become critical. Don't become judgmental. Don't become negative. But walk with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, this is what he said in John. John 16, 33. 
These things I have spoken to you. He's summing up a lot of what he has said and about the Holy Spirit. These things I say to you that, that, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And then what he's talking about is what is out there in the world. The pressure, the oppression, the stress, the anguish, the tribulation, the adversity, the affliction, the crushing, the squashing, the squeezing, the distress... Things not going right. That's what he says you have to live with. And that you do not let that pull you away, that you have good cheer in the midst of tribulation. So let's all say, I can do it. I can do it. How many of you realize that the glow of the power of the Holy Spirit and the positive attitude on your face can be released and removed in a moment's notice if you allow it to happen by something that you observed or something that you saw? I've seen that happen from time to time with myself where I have to get a grip and say, okay, Lord, how do you want me to respond to this versus the rage that I feel? How many of you have ever felt a rage inside you with some of the indignation that you see and some of the things you see in the paper? And it's just like, I just wish. And then it's like, whoa, I think I'm going the wrong direction because we should be positive. We have the answer. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, actually, to see what God does in the middle of a very depressed situation. Yep. I remember when Brother Copeland said, there's a recession, but I'm not participating. <laughs> you know, uh, I've been tribulating over the last few days. You know, when you get involved with the medical profession and the insurance companies and, um, you know, it seems like there's no way to fix something. But my God is bigger than That's all right. those people, That's and right. he has an answer. But it can be very tribulating. I know that's yeah. not a word, but it feels like that. It feels like the tribulation happened already because, you know, you're trying to get answers. And, and now because the government is so involved in the medical side of things, uh, it's really the government and insurance companies who are deciding what kind of medication we can have, how long we can be in the hospital. You know, I mean, you know, my dad is very, very ill right now, and they start taking away this and that and say he'll be going home tomorrow. And you're thinking, duh, you know, and, uh, and, and there's no way. Well, you can really get upset and, and get anxious and all those things. But, you know, when you know God has an answer, everybody say God has an answer. God has an there answer. is an answer. And that's what Jesus said. In the world you will have tribulation. I have decided the government is tribulating me and the medical people are tribulating me. And, you know, uh, my mother's tribulating me sometimes. And then there's all my siblings. Have you ever tried to come into agreement when you, you know, we're all different and, um, you know, I get tickled. <laughs> And, you know, all the different personalities and how everybody responds. I know? was just thinking how you come home and tell me everything, and then you tribulate me. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see we're on a tribulating roll here. <laughs> but at some point, everybody says at some point, you know, we have to stop and make a decision. Is the word of God true or is it not true? My, my, my father is loved by his heavenly father more than I could ever love him. And so he has an answer. And in seeking the Lord, I'm going to find the answer. It's not. Now, I do have to get information. And I have been to several places and gotten a lot of information. And that's why I believe that we need 
to have this message because there are things out there that will tribulate you a lot. But God is still in charge. Everybody say that. God is still in charge. But he's in charge through his people. That's you and me. That's how God stays in charge. Because God appointed it from the beginning. I don't know why he chose this way. Why he didn't just run things without us. I do not know. Because I think he could have done a lot better job if he hadn't involved all of us. But he chooses. Everybody say he chooses to work with me. Yeah, and, and that's the truth. No matter how squirrely you are, uh, you know, God, the Bible says God is with you. Amen? And he's trying to direct us, but we don't always get it right. But I believe God is merciful. I believe God will help us. But we have to choose to believe that God does have an answer. He has an answer, and we, as his children, he's not up there saying, like that man in that one commercial I see, it's State Farm, and where the lady comes in and goes, how many points do I have? And he said, you can get that purse. And she grabs the purse, and the other lady says, well, I want a purse, uh, insurance, whatever, however they say it, how much do I have? And there's this older man, and he's got a fishing pole with a dollar bill, and he's, she's jumping trying to get this dollar, and he goes, oh, almost, oh. Almost. I don't think God does that. I just don't see, you know. So there, we've got to keep that channel open. Everybody say open. To be hearing what God says. And God is positive. God is not negative. That's a good word, honey. You, you probably don't want to tell them what your mom said about you and your sister, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny, but you probably didn't. So no matter how much you're trying I can't even remember. There's been so many things said. What'd she say? <laughs> See, God just erases it from your memory. You don't even have to be offended. You don't remember. About where your dad was headed, and you were trying to tell her, and she said, I know, I raised these girls. Oh, yeah, she we were but trying to But explain. I mean, the medical personnel was on the scene at the time. Yeah, there were people. Um, and, and Mother said, she looked at him, she goes, well, you'd think I've raised these two girls. They know I know what I'm talking about. And we just smile. <laughs> yes, you do, Lou. Hallelujah. See, I'm you know, trying to be positive tonight. She's, she's kind of hard to handle. Mother? Yeah. She's determined, lady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, they say that seeds that you sow, that you eventually reap them. I, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I'll hear about it tonight. Right here. Right here. <laughs> You, did you say you were hard to handle as a little I, child? I was. <laughs> yes, it's coming back. Now, I, I have... Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, <laughs> running over. <laughs> I, I, have, I have written in my Bible uh, with, under 1633 that tribulation is extreme disappointment. Oh, yeah. Now, this is easier to say than to digest, but extreme disappointment is never your problem. Your problem is walking by faith and not by sight and instantly focusing not on the disappointment but on the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit because then you will have the light of Jesus flowing through you through the power of the Holy Spirit and the negative that you are experiencing 
even though you hate what you're going through and you despise the situation, you don't focus on that. Does that make sense? Because otherwise, we will be focusing on the things of the flesh and not the things of the Spirit. And this is what it says when Paul is talking in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Now he's talking about how they supported Paul's ministry. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. However, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say it. I can. I can. Do all things. Do all things. Through Christ, through Christ. who strengthens me. And we need to be so positive that no matter what we face, somehow, some way, it's going to turn out and it's going to work for good. Otherwise, we will become like the world. The, the world is a very, very negative place. And uh, if we're going to be that light, then we have to let it shine and constantly stay in the realm of the Spirit. This is amplified, but it says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. And then in parentheses it says, I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Isn't that good? Yeah. Now we know that our light should shine all the time. Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 5, about let your light shine. You've got to stay focused. On it's, it, he's really always talking about being in the spirit and not in the flesh. But in Philippians, if you back up just a little bit there to Philippians chapter 2 verse 13, it says this, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. Do all things. Everybody say that. Do all things. Turn to your neighbor and say, do all things. Do all things. Without complaining and disputing. Oh, you're very obedient. Keep going. <laughs> without complaining <laughs> and without disputing. And without disputing. How many of you know? Don't look at your neighbor, but how many of you know that from time to time, people can be awfully full of complaining? Complain about this, complain about this. If complaint helped change things, there'd be a whole lot more change than has been changed. Complaining doesn't do any good. It really just takes us out of the realm of the Spirit, out of the realm of the Word, which is one and the same. The Word of God is Spirit. And we get our focus on the negative things. And I love to observe people. I just... I've always loved to observe people. And when you're around a group of people, I am amazed at how many conversations will start at a certain level, whatever level. It starts here. It starts here. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. How's everything going? Well, under the circumstance. Before long, the conversation that started here is going down, 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 down. What do we talk about around here? You know, it's negative people. This is very deep teaching. Negative people have a tendency to be negative. And you know when you're negative... You're Wait, I'm not done. Oh, that was a comma. Negative people have a tendency to be negative, comma. Positive people have a tendency to be positive. Does that make sense? I like to hang out with positive people. Negative people drain my battery. There are people that when you're around and they'll say something negative... 
and you'll insert a positive, trying to turn it around, and they get upset with you. Don't you know how bad it is? Don't you know how good it is? Well, it's worse than you think. No, it's better than you think. Uh, it, the glass is half full. The glass is half empty. Yeah, all those, who is that? Whoa, glory to God. That was Lisa. Did you get that all out, girl? <laughs> Bless you, Lisa. <laughs> Hubert, she had her hand over her mouth. It was okay. <laughs> He's in the back row. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you know, if you're negative, you're rehearsing the problem. Yeah. If you're positive, you're re rehearsing the solution. And even though you may not know the solution, if you rehearse what the Word of God says, there will be a solution. And what you hear determines really what you think and meditate, even if it comes out your own mouth. In fact, I think what comes out our own mouth has more influence on us than what comes out of other people's mouths because it goes into the very core of our being. And I do not believe anybody else is responsible for whether I live a good life or a bad life. I'm responsible ah. for what I live. Ah. What's that mean? I, I just got to... I like what you just said. Oh, okay. So if you rehearse the problem, everybody say rehearse the problem. It's only going to get bigger. How, how many of you know problems can get bigger? Um, but they're really just bigger in our thinking more than they are in reality. And so, you know, I've, I've found when I try to keep my thoughts positive and I speak positive things, I believe it. If I speak negative and rehearse that, I believe it. Because we believe what we hear. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so that's Romans ten seventeen. if you want to write that scripture down. So when we hear the positive word of God, God always has an answer. I, I just, I believe that in my heart. There is always an Now, do I always have the right answer? No, but I know God has the right answer. It's the, the there's not a problem on his end. So... So, are you content in all things? You do? No. Oh, you're not? Not always, no. So, scripturally, you're out I'm of balance. I'm out of order. Yes, I am. Okay. So, what, do you like to be... Now, I believe this is where people live. Do you like to be corrected when you're not content and somebody tries to say, oh, well, it's going to be okay? Or I don't like it, but you do it. So, I'm getting used to it. I thought we're being honest, you know, it's church. But, but the same thing happens to me when I get negative. Yes. You are always positive. You seem to rise to the occasion to make me foc refocus on the positive. Yes. It doesn't always go well. No. But it is the right thing. Yes. Does that make sense to all of you? Don't back away from doing the right thing. Yeah. It's never, ever too late to do the right thing. Yeah. And what happens is, especially husband and wife, but, but even in your sphere of influence, you must stay firm in what you knew, know the Holy Spirit is showing you. Don't become a people pleaser. Well, if I say this, it'll tick them off. They may be ticked off at you whether you say it or not. Yeah, they're probably already <laughs> it ticked off. It, yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But what happens, because there are times when we'll be up here sharing something, and you'll say something about me, about, you know, and I really appreciate my husband for doing that. And I'll say, wow, that's not what I heard. The last thing I heard was anything but that. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying, and, and 
It's like, I was, I'm glad we're ministering together because that really blessed me. I thought that was a no-no, but yeah. No, but I understand. I understand what you're saying. It's like, well, we're human. We do have our opportunities. We do. Yes, we do. But in and the we're midst, both strong. But, thank God. Yeah. But we do have opportunities sometimes because my strong doesn't match his strong. <laughs> but in the midst of, a, of an extreme disappointment, yes. uh, it, it's like, it's like you, it, it can jar you. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know if this is making sense what I'm trying to say. Because every single one of you are facing areas in your life where there's a big disappointment. Mm-hmm. It's in a relationship. Maybe it's in your finances. It's just, you know, after all these years, you've stood and stood and stood, and you're still standing for the same thing, and all these things. And it has the tendency to get our focus. But Paul said, no, be content in everything. And when I looked that up, there, there's, there's a fine line between being content and being contentious. <laughs> content <laughs> is totally satisfied. Yeah. If this is the way God's going to, how many of you realize you'd like to have a lot more money than you have right now? So I'll be content when I get a lot more money. Well, what if you never get a lot more money? Are you going to let all of those years go by and make you a contentious person who is never happy, never satisfied, always? That, that happened one time. Oh, I don't want to go. That takes too long. I was thinking about Rita uh, there in, in Tulsa. She was the most negative person I've ever been around in my life. I think there's a few here, but not, I don't really, no, (laughs) no, I just, I just, well, yeah, yeah, we did have one. We did have a girl in our church. Yeah, we did. What was her name? But most contentious people, (laughs) most, Uh most, most contentious people are in their heart hurting people. Yeah, they are. And they really are mad at themselves. I've found more than they're mad at me. Yeah. Have you ever found that? Yep. Or they have a demon that hates you. And so you don't even know why they hate you, but they know, you know they don't like you. Yeah. How many of you have ever been around that? Yeah. yeah. They don't like you, and you don't even know who they are. Because there's a demonic stronghold in their life, and you bring the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost meets a demonic spirit, there is warfare. Even though you may not say a thing, it's happening because it's in their spirit. And so, you know, we... Oh, go ahead. I won't interrupt again. Well, uh, no, you were right in the middle of a thought. Well, yeah, I just believe that I believe that we have to be on purpose. Everybody say on purpose. We have to be aware of all of our surroundings and be ready to do the thing that God tells us to do in that situation to bring the positive against the negative because ultimately it's good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Because God said he is a good God. And there's nothing impossible with God. Say, there's nothing impossible. So everybody say, there is an answer. There is an answer. That's true. I know. You know why I'm not smiling much tonight? Why? The whole side of my, uh, uh, the whole brace of my, whole side of my mouth up here fell out. Really? Let me see. No, they're all. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't smile. The, the, dentist, the, the dentist told me I needed to do something about that, and I thought, what does he know? <laughs> he obviously knows a lot more than I thought. <laughs> now, I want you to turn, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5, because there is an answer. Did that happen today? Yeah, it happened Excuse on the me. way back from somewhere. I don't know. Oh. 
<clears throat> there is an answer. Everybody say there is an answer. There is an answer. If you act, if you ask some people and say, "Were well, you positive or negative?" Most people would probably say they're positive. The real way to find out is to ask people in their sphere of influence. You know, what's this person like? And get their input on whether that's a positive or a negative person. But we have the ability to stay positive no matter what. And when I was praying about this today and just praying in the spirit about, okay, to be content in all things. How do you be content in all things? It's very simple. It's a spiritual battle. And you stay in the realm of the spirit and you say, God, I'm, I'm going to be content. I'm going to be satisfied. I am satisfied where I am with what you have given me. Have you ever had a child at Christmas? This happened one time, and I don't remember the exact situation, but you bought them a present, and you gave it to them, and they didn't like the present. And they just threw it away and played with the box or whatever. You know how that goes sometimes. But, but it, it kind of hurt you a little bit because you thought that's what they really wanted. I believe God has given us what he wants us to have, and he wants us to be content in it. Believing for more, nothing wrong with that, but being content with where he has placed us right now. And what it says in Galatians chapter 5, and this is so powerful, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall, this is verse 16, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish to do. How many of you have ever done something you knew it was wrong and you did it anyway? You you were just upset. You were, you were contentious, and you knew you were contentious, but you shouldn't have been, and you did it anyway. That's because you were discontented. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And then it says what the law is, and we won't read all of these, but some of these words are new to us. Not new to us, but old words that we don't use. But, but the works of the flesh are evident. You get into violence, sexual immorality and uncleanliness and idolatry and hatred and contentions and jealousy and outbursts of wrath and selfish ambitions, dissension. In other words, you're just tough to be around. Heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, and all, all this like. And it says these types of things, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God when you do this. But then it goes on to say, but if you will let the power of the Holy Spirit rule in your life, then the fruit of the Spirit is going to be there. And then it lists all the fruit. And these are the things that a contented person has manifest. Love, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, uh, self-control. Against the, the, there's no law. In other words, they, they, they have come into the new covenant, and they have all of these things manifest in their life so that no matter what happens, by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God Himself, we are content. God can change it, but if it never changes, we're going to be content. And I think that brings us into a place of being able to hear God and move in the anointing of God. When people are discontented, they're not flowing with what God's doing. How many of you know that's true? I know when I'm out of How many of you have ever been out of sorts? You hear that? Oh, I know that. Yeah. Out of sorts. I mean, when you're out of sorts. I yeah. know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you wanted us to answer the question. No, it's oh. okay. I know, I know I can get out of sorts. Other, you know, we get out of sorts. It's, things aren't going the way we want them to. Everybody say that's discontentment. And, and discontentment leads to agitation. You know, you just start getting agitated. You know, I, the other night, I just had this, I had this happen with Pastor Bill. We left the hospital. I think it was... Last night, now my husband has a cell phone, 
But by the time he, it starts ringing, he finds his glasses. You know, the phone is going, bzz, bzz, and then he realizes it. So he pulls the phone out, gets his glasses out, puts his glasses on, picks the phone up to see who it is. They're gone. That's me. I'm gone. And I get that, you know, whatever you need, Jesus is the answer thing. And so, <laughs> and I realize that Jesus is the answer, but I'm looking for him right now and I need him to answer the doggone phone. And so <laughs> I'm just being honest. I got all disquieted. This says you get disquieted. Um, we left the hospital and I was hungry. And so I said, could we just, this was late, I don't know, one of the nights, I guess it was last night. Anyway, we were going from the hospital. I said, could we just stop at Cracker Barrel? Well, I, how many of you know you can tell by somebody's look when they don't really want to do it? You know, so, but he's, he's always wonderful. He'll do it anyway. So he's ahead of me. Well, I realize as I'm pulling out of the hospital, we don't have to go eat. I know he's not really wanting to. So I start trying to catch him. I'm behind him. Well, he keeps going faster and faster. He's going over the speed limit. And so I start dialing the phone, and he won't pick up the phone. I can tell he's singing. He's got the radio full blast, and he has no idea I'm calling him. So I'm down the road, and we whip in around the corner over there by saddle drive over by Lori. And, you know, we come down off the bridge. We whip around the door. So I start honking the horn. Honk, 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 waving my cell phone out the window. And I see him. Just going. I'm thinking, what is wrong with him? I'm just being honest. Everybody say, now that's discontentment. Well, now I'm getting agitated because we get to the next flight. He's right in front of me. We're at a stop sign. I'm honking, and he's still, he doesn't hear me. I thought, I give up. I'm so agitated. We pull into, we pull into Cracker Barrel. He pulls up beside me just smiling. I am ready to come out of the car and strangle him. And, and I'm thinking, now my heart rate is up. I, now, I've already been through several tribulating things throughout the day. And he is tribulating me really bad. When my motive was to help him out so he could go home. So he wouldn't have to go eat. So I tried to get control. I said, I'm going to go see the grandkids. Oh, he says, good. And he just pulls off and goes on home. <laughs> Well, at least I stopped being agitated because I wasn't chasing him anymore. But everybody say, that's useless. You know, and I might as well have just followed him all the way to Cracker Barrel because I know him. Once he turns up Elvis in that car, he is in concert until he gets to where he's going. And he will not hear that cell phone. And, but I just wasted all that energy. I, maybe I got a little aerobics out of it. I don't know. But it was a, it, I was very agitated. My brain was really struggling. Everybody said, that's not good. That's not being content. And so, uh, you know, I'm just sharing with you how quick it can happen. And, and, and really, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't that big a deal. But the more I couldn't get him to listen, you know, I know that people who passed us thought I was a wild, crazy woman chasing you down the street. You just, <laughs> you just have to realize that I'm not your source, honey. 
I know, honey. I'm I'm realizing it more and more. And you didn't know. And you didn't. <laughs> and you didn't know that I was listening to Elvis. Well, I'm sure you were listening to him or that Willie Nelson guy. Yeah, but you didn't. You couldn't have known that. No, but I saw you going for it. You were really going after it. It was probably I did it my way, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Now, moving right along. Guilty. I'm good for you aerobically. I heard. That's what I heard tonight. <laughs> I'm like an aerobics instructor. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. If you look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 24 and 25, this is the key. Anything that upsets you, you are the problem. Now, I know you're going to have to meditate on that and chew on it for a while. But if there's something that irritates you, the problem is you. Yeah. Because you are supposed to be content in? All things. How many things? All things. So the next time your mate or someone in your family or someone in your sphere of influence says and gets irritated, you just look at them and say, well, you sure aren't content. Like you should oh, yeah. be. <laughs> now, now, okay, w how many of you believe what I just said, that you should be content in all things? Yes, I do believe Okay, that. now, how do we do that? How do we, how do we go from where we are? There's very few things, I think, you correct me if I'm wrong, there are very few things that really just get under my skin and irritate me and cause me to explode, but occasionally it happens. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and afterwards, I'll come to you and say, honey, I'm really sorry. It's like, uh, because I feel bad about myself. I don't want to be that way. But yet I realized that the thing that made it happen was not the thing that made it happen. The thing that made it happen was me. It could have not happened without my consent. Mm -hmm. I have self-control in the spirit. Now, this is not a prideful statement. I have total self-control through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so do you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you have it. You have it? You have it. You have total self-control through the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> now, what it says in verse number 24. Those who, this is Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. What is the key? Totally being yielded to the power of the Holy Spirit. The, the example you gave, I know tonight it sounds funny, but, but the night at Cracker Barrel when it happened, I could tell you weren't real happy with me, but I was having a ball, and it was Elvis, <laughs> and it was good, and I was synced with him. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't Elvis in that car. It was me in that car, sounding like Elvis. I know. I've been and with you. I know it's real. <laughs> So. We just got back from Tulsa with Cirrus Radio all the way, Elvis on Channel 19. Oh, glory to God. Now, I know you loved it. I know You, you pretend you don't, but I know you do. Yeah. And, and uh, you're just playing hard to get. But, but we have to reach the point when we realize contentment is available. Yes. Contentiousness is available. It's a choice. We choice. One is of the Spirit. The other is of the flesh. And the situation can never be the determining factor. You are, and I am. And you are. 
turn to your neighbor and say, it's up to you. God's already given us the victory. He gave us yeah. the Holy Spirit. He told us what to do. He gave us the instruction manual. And now he said, now do what I told you. You know, the very, I mean, we laugh. And really, some of these things are, I mean, when he told me this message, I see myself. Uh, actually, when you preach, you learn, you have to obey. I mean, you learn from your own messages. It really, you have to examine yourself. But um, how many of you have ever heard that show called Snapped? Snapped. Uh, that's a reality today. What, what is it? Snapped. S-N-A-P-P. Like, like I snapped when I started honking the horn. Before that, I was okay. <laughs> when I was just repeatedly dialing the phone, I was I all never right. heard the horn honk. No, I know you didn't. I could tell. Because I could see you in your rear view mirror. Yeah. How many of you know you can see people's faces? And I could tell. And then when his arm went out, you know, and he was out the window and he was just going, I thought, it's Elvis. Because that's how he acts when Elvis is on. I've been with him the day before for 11 hours with him doing that. So I know what it sounds it looks like. And, but I snapped sort of when I started honking the horn. And I could feel myself. How many of you ever felt yourself? You know, uh, one time, this is the truth. Uh, my, my husband and John and Matt, our two sons, they love to tease me. And I will never forget this. I was in the laundry room ironing. And they were sitting at the kitchen table and they started saying things to get me. How many of you know how, you, you know how to push somebody's buttons? Yeah. And so John and Bill and Matt, all three, started, you know, and I'm ironing. And finally, I just go berserk. And they're all, they were waiting for me to blow. That, that was their goal, was to see how long they could do that before. There I, she goes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they said. There she goes. And they're all cheering, you know. So, you know, when, when how many of you know you can snap? Yeah. Uh, people do snap today because they are so self-centered. Now, this is the part of the message you're not going to really care for, but it's the truth. They start meditating on themselves so much. And then they begin to get so agitated. See, it, you know, I started out with the right motive, not to have Bill to have to go to dinner. By the time I got to Cracker Bill, the total motive was, why will you not pick up the phone? So I can tell you before we have to drive three miles and I have to drive back three. Who's that about? And that's what Snapped is about. And that is the evil that's in the world today. There has never been in my lifetime, a more self-centered population than we have today. Because, uh, and, and I'm not picking on uh, lifestyles, but when you're in a lifestyle that then your children have to adjust to the lifestyle you're in and the things that then they're subjected to, and really it's more about you than it is about them, and you try to make it like it's good for them when it's really, everybody say sin, and so now beyond the pollution of just this is more and this this child is suffering. When you start doing those things, you get yourself in a position to snap. And that is exactly what you see with sin. Sin snaps. Sin puts people in a position to snap. And when people snap, they do things that they would never do. And they end up spending a lifetime, many of them, in a situation of captivity in prison or wherever because they snapped why? Because they were so self-centered and so bent on what they wanted that that's the spirit of the world. It's the spirit of the Antichrist, and it's here, and it's loud. 
in this nation today. And so when the light shines, that thing is exposed. Yes, there will be warfare, but the warfare is not in the natural. It is in the spirit. And we can overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, but not loving our own life, even unto death. Why is that in there? Because self-centeredness puts people in a position of sin and snapping. Everybody say snapping. And, uh, and so I believe that's what we feel in the world today. I have never had people get so angry with me for trying to give them the right of way. How many of you found that today? People are just angry. They just get angry over anything when you're even trying to do the right thing. Uh, and, and that's because this spirit of the Antichrist is so strong. But it has to do with self. Everybody say self. Let's all stand. We're going to pray for you. I'm going to go out in the car and get my cell phone and put it in my pocket. <laughs> I'm going to put some electricity on that cell phone somehow. I'm going <laughs> 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 Not seriously. I, w- I won't do that to you, honey. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have Pam pray for you in just a moment because I do believe this can be a life-changing message. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing that is life-changing is when you give your heart and your soul to Jesus. Without Jesus, there is no hope. With Jesus... There's always hope. And maybe tonight you're here and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, take control of your life. You've never asked him to forgive you of the life of sin that all of us have led before Jesus. Or maybe you're here tonight and you know that you have walked away from the Lord. You know your life is not right. You may be here tonight and you may not be sure if you died this very day you go to be with Jesus. But there is the power of that assurance through the Holy Spirit when he brings Jesus into your heart. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.